Green Divas and Green Dudes come in many shades of green. Here to help you discover and celebrate your personal shade of green are hosts Green Diva Meg and Maxine Margot, veteran radio chicks who share important news about climate change and the plight of human existence, but somehow manage to make most of it fun and sexy using at least 50 shades of green. Well, hey there, and thank you for tuning us in. You have tuned into Fifty Shades of Green Divas with Green Diva Meg and Green Diva Max. And we have a fabulous Earth Day celebration show for you. Right, because we need to celebrate the Earth every day, really. But, yeah, you know, yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff today, packed with information and fun so, and my favorite thing, what's that? Goats? Oh my gosh, we cannot have a show without goats. We cannot. Nope. It's not going to ever happen. Never. It's it's goats or the weather. This time it's goats, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we're talking about Earth Day and we owe everything to Mother Earth. Mama. As it gives us life, uh, we are not treating Mother Nature well and she's not a happy camper. Literally, not a happy camper. <laughs> uh, humankind takes her for granted daily. We must protect the planet as there is no planet B. But on boom Boom, at least in this current iteration of life on Earth. Uh, so Earth Day should be every day, as we said. And we should always take time to salute the greatest mother and artist of them all. Because if you look outside in, in this hemisphere... Things are popping up, and it's beautiful. It really is. Thank you, Spring, and the miracle of Mother Earth and all of her colors, Mama Earth. So, yeah, Earth Day, it really should be every day, but alas, it just doesn't happen that way. So we have a nice spring day to get outside and appreciate Mama Earth and all the beauty and bounty. And we're dedicating this episode to Earth Day, as we've already said. And we're also going to talk about our eco-heroes. You know, those people, maybe they aren't people, but you'll <laughs> find out. <laughs> Though, uh, but those folks who are sustainable superheroes, they inspire us to change, speak out, step up, and be a better human. Uh, in fact, we've been running a Thanks a GD Million campaign to celebrate our eco-heroes which happens to coincide with Earth Day and our GD podcast hitting 1 million downloads. Woo! That is freaking awesome. Pop the champagne. Of course, it has to be organic champagne. Yeah, non-alcoholic sparkling cider on me, for that, me. That's true, but it's all good. So go to thegreendivas.com thegreendivas.com to learn about the campaign and how you can participate. We really would love for you to participate. And it just entails a simple, fun video of like a video selfie, quickie, just telling us who your eco hero is, why they inspire you. And uh, really, that's pretty much it. Just, you know, make sure to hashtag and look up thanks a GD million on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So, 
So, Max, uh, you did a little bit of homework on the history of Earth Day. You want to get us started on that? Uh, and Earth Day started in 1970 uh, as the air in most major cities in the U.S. was extremely polluted. Uh, you not only felt it in your chest, but you can see the smoke-clogged haze in the air. Yeah, remember the pictures of L.A. and... And, but the sunsets were pretty because somehow yeah. they made I know. All For this some reason, all the chemicals all the, and toxic pollution right, made, made better sunsets. Right. They just looked beautiful, but uh, the air was rancid. Uh, coal plants permeated the landscape, and the dust and pollutants spread from state to state. And we got the uh, EPA, which was eventually established after this. We'll talk about it. And, and you know, at this point, we're kind of going slightly backwards, unfortunately, but hopefully, there was always hope, we'll get back on track. So against a backdrop of the Santa Barbara oil spill and the flaming Cuyahoga River, which, what a nightmare, right? Senator Gaylord Nelson from Wisconsin was inspired by campus anti-war demonstrations uh, and wondered why similar bursts of energy, passion, and idealism couldn't be channeled into the environmental thing, environmental action. So he proposed a day devoted to a national environmental teach-in, in quotes, on campuses countrywide, an opportunity to celebrate an environment of decency, quality, and mutual respect for all living things. So Nelson encouraged each community group to discover their own way of celebrating Earth Day, which is pretty much how it still goes. Thus, in his own words, Earth Day organized itself with some help from his nonprofit environmental teach-in to promote the day and list the various events. Senator Nelson recruited Pete McCloskey, a Republican hmm. congressman who obviously was also into conservation. Right. Hey, reaching across the aisle. It used to happen it back in the day. Back in the day. Uh, to serve as his co-chair, and they also brought in Dennis Hayes from Harvard as national coordinator, Hayes, with a staff of 85, promoted events across the U.S. Ironically, the outpouring of concern about the environment led, yes, President Nixon. Yes, Nixon. Mm -hmm. I'm not a crook. Um, to establish the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, in 1970. Yes, you heard that right. A Republican president started the EPA. So uh, the Earth Day theme this year is species loss, which is decimating many animals and insects. So what is causing the loss and how can we correct it? Climate change, pesticides, urban sprawl are part of what is causing these, these problems. Uh, what can we do? Yeah, uh, my brain Band Roundup. Yeah, which is uh, glyphosate, which uh, for a start would be helpful because it's killing right? pollinators and causing cancer. I really feel like we need to start a movement of people and help them, give them like a packet of how to go to their local community, municipality, town hall meeting or whatever, their town councils, city council, and start saying, you know, look, this is really bad and we need to ban it. Well, I would I would get in the mail because in New York State, if they're going to spray on your neighboring property, they send you a letter saying all these chemicals, which you can't even read, mm -hmm. are being sprayed. Shut your windows for two days. Keep your pets and children. Yes, I'm going to bring it in and read it because I just got one and I forgot to bring it in today. But for mm. next show, I'm going to get 
I'm gonna, I, you know, it'd probably take me 10 minutes to read the chemicals, which I can't even read. And that's what's going on your well, lawn. Well, I think what people don't understand is that when they use Roundup or whatever these chemicals are, it affects all of us because it gets into the soil, it gets into the groundwater, into the aquifers for those of us that use wells. So I think people need to be educated about the fact that it isn't just about your pretty lawn. We all suffer when, and the bees suffer. And I think when people learn about it, they're like, oh, most people will stop. So there are species that are extinct as of 2018 or about to be extinct this year in 2019. I will name a couple of uh, some of them here. Uh, the cryptic tree and the Alagoas birds of northern Brazil are extinct, as is the hop, hauauli, I don't know, in Hawaii. Uh, all three birds became extinct due to habitat loss and degradation, as well as unsustainable agriculture and logging. The Spix macaw is extinct in the wild, Aww. with only a few dozen in captivity. And then we have the vaquitas. Oh, those sweet porpoises. And they're a type of a porpoise on the verge of extinction with about a dozen in the wild. The main threat to vaquitas is the gill net, a type of fishing net used by fishermen in the Sea of Cortez. When fishermen release the nets into the ocean, the vaquitas get tangled up inside them and die. Last year, Mexico's president placed a permanent ban on gillnet fishing in a bid to save the vaquita, yet fishermen have continued to use gillnets illegally, trying to catch a type of fish called a totoaba, whose swim bladder can be sold in China for $4,500 per pound for use in traditional medicine. Yeah, look, I don't want to be like a jerk about China, but... I've done a lot of shows on extinctions and wildlife, and th- they use a lot of animal parts and that that become then prized like rhino poachers, right, right. rhino tusks yeah, or uh-huh, sure. turtle shells or like and they oh, use things and they use the powder of the rhino uh, as a you know as a as an aphrodisiac and they sell it to you know millionaire folks who want to. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I and, and yeah, I hate yeah. to say I'm sure it happens all over the world, yeah, but yeah. China frequently comes up as the market that demands these things. Yeah, so it's, I'm, it's, I'm bummed. Yeah, I'm bummed because now you know, and there's also uh, uh, many other creatures that are on the verge, you know, of, of extinction, including I think the red wolf, and I mean there's a, there's lists, and it's it. What are we? doing i mean in in the category of what we can do i'm hoping that and i mentioned it that we do a series called gd's heart wildlife and we talk primarily um although we talk to other people but but in the last dozen episodes or so we've talked to john platt who's the editor of the revelator which, uh, which is a publication of the center for biological diversity and he's also uh been publishing the extinction countdown now the good news is it's not all bad news. There are some species that have come back, but there's quite an alarming amount of species that are going and going fast. There's ways to take action, uh, which you might not have thought of. So how about this one? Put up a bat hotel. A yeah, bat hotel. We've done that. Why bats? <laughs> Why bats, you say? And not goats? Well... According to the organization, 
Bat Conservation International, bats play a vital ecological role in ecosystems and human economies, including eating insects and pests, pollinating plants, and producing rich fertilizer in the form of guano. See, I don't think people understand that they're pollinators. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really... And we've done shows on these bats. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got, you know, I had bats in the belfry. Yeah, <laughs> we right. had bats in our house You're for going years. Batty, right? But, but they eat like a thousand mosquitoes Mos- right. per hour or something. One bat. Right. And I'm getting ads for the mosquito buster. Come to your house and spray everything. No, let me well, just get some up, bats. Put up a bat hotel. <laughs> and that, that it. But anyway, um, Putting up the bad hotel, you'll be be helping save a species whose numbers are in decline worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, place your untreated, unpainted box, or better yet, several as high as possible in a direction where they're heated by the sun and enjoy watching them swoop about uh, the bats for bugs when the sun is setting. And if you, you can catch it at sunset, you can see the red sky and the bats coming down. Yeah, it's cool. It, it's really cool to Try to get some pictures of that. It's really, really awesome. Another thing you can do is construct a living fence. If you have to mark a property line, protect your garden, or wish to add a decorative element to your yard, it's a great great way to do it is with a living fence, which is a natural barrier made with plants, bushes, trees, flowers, or a combination of all of them. Uh, and you could take it one step further and turn your new barrier into a pollinator garden by adding some bee-friendly plants. Because bees are also in, in not in the best of They're shape. in trouble, too. They're yeah. in trouble. So not only are living fences cheaper than their standard counterparts, but they can also save on wood, metal, and successive paint jobs uh, that you do on your fences with all the chemicals that they have on them. And better yet, uh, they don't need replacing. They just need pruning. So that's really awesome. I love that. And, you know, one of the things I didn't write down that can be helpful and is a really fun project with kids, and we did it one year. If you go to thegreendivas.com, you can look it up. It's uh, Eco Earth Day Projects for Kids. If you search that on the site, you'll get it. It's making a little water garden for bees. It's a pretty simple project. It's kind of fun, but apparently bees do need fresh water, and it helps them. Hmm. And because they are stressed... Uh, we do want to help them out. So it's a fun little project the to do The bees are stressed. They're as stressed as we are. And they need, like, you know, what, chamomile tea or oh, Prozac? I don't like know. <laughs> Valium. Uh, maybe, uh, what is it, CBD oil or something? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, there maybe that'll go. make them. Uh, Dude. Yeah, hey, bee, how are you today? Eco heroes. Yeah, who's like, your eco hero? Who's, everyone should have an eco hero. Or I at least one or two. But yeah, there's 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 so many people who have come up with things to do to help this world. Just go in online and look at some eco heroes. You'll find you'll find so many. It, it's very hard, and we did put this challenge out with the hashtag Thanks a GD Million, mm-hmm. asking people who's there, and, and everybody said, well. You know, it's difficult to pick just one, but usually there is at least one that you can really identify, and maybe next year identify another one, or thank three of your eco-heroes this year. I don't know. Well, I mean, in human form, one of my eco-heroes this year was Greta Thunberg, who was mm, the kid course. who started the climate strikes and has brought the this information to people, uh, and so, you know, she's up there in my book, but I went different. I love goats, <laughs> and and throughout no, the show, you don't like goats at <laughs> yes, all. Yes, I do. Uh, I really, really 
love goats, but I, I also like trees. So I'm going to talk a little bit about trees and why they're, I would put them way up on my list as eco heroes. Yeah. Um, this is, this is from the tree facts from nitrofill.com. So there's a lot of benefits, health benefits, social benefits of trees, uh, clean air. The trees produce oxygen, intercept airborne particles. They reduce smog. Um, they enhance a community's respiratory health. The urban canopy directly contributes to meeting a city's regulatory clean air requirements because they, they take in CO2. Access to trees, green spaces, and parks promote greater physical activity, reduces stress, Hopefully that's for the bees, too, while improving the quality of life in our cities and towns. Well, they really are like giant filters, honestly. Yes. And, and They take a lot of abuse on our behalf, as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's why I hug my trees all the time. I do. Do you know that I literally, I have this loop around my lake, and I run, jog, whatever, slog <laughs> around it. And I, I had this idea last week, and I started doing it, of touching almost all the trees on either side of the path and saying, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, gracias. Yeah, gracias. I did it all the way around the lake, and I was like, oh, well, I feel better. Well, <laughs> I, I I hug my trees. I I have Luckily, I have property with, you know, trees in the front, trees in the back, and I get to watch them all times of the year, all the seasons. Uh, so an average tree, an average-sized tree produces enough oxygen in one year to keep a family of four breathing. Breathing is good, isn't it? Three trees planted in the right place around buildings can cut air conditioning costs, uh, sometimes up to 50%. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, trees increase the value of property. Houses surrounded by trees sell for 18 to 25% higher than houses with no trees. Wow. Well, these get these stats are pretty incredible. Trees generate jobs and contribute raw material materials for buildings, for newspapers, books, and more. Although we want to really stop getting trees for paper so uh but trees are renewable um biodegradable and recyclable and wood byproducts become such products uh as vitamins uh, vanilla flavoring Hmm, vanilla uh photographic film i don't know how much that's used that much because everything's digital which is actually saving trees i'll go with the digital part um toothpaste and medicines so this is a cool one. By planting 20 million trees, the earth and its people will be provided with 260 million more tons of oxygen. Those same 20 million trees will remove 10 million tons of CO2. Wow. So that's amazing. And really, we could go on and on about yeah, trees is, because... There's a lot of things that we can say about trees. Yeah. And that's just like scratching the surface there. They are powerhouses. <laughs> And there's goats. <laughs> my heroes, my eco heroes, goats, and the cute little goats in pajamas, and the cute goats in in the various videos that they have out, and they're just adorable. I just use that word, uh, but they have environmental benefits, and the environmental benefits of goats include keeping wildlife corridors open, preventing the spread of noxious weeds, and promoting the growth of local vegetative species through moderate grazing. Goats can help prevent forest fires. Take that, Smokey. That's a big one. That, that's very big because a good portion of California remains in a drought, and contract grazing companies are busier this year due to the increased fire risk. 
the U.S. drought monitoring indicated during the, the recent fires that 83% of the Golden State remains in drought, even though they had all these flooding, yeah. and almost 60% is rated in severe drought. That is huge. While the late summer and early fall is typically the period for the highest risk for wildfires, the California Department of Forestry and Fire reports the number of acres of scorched land on the properties under its jurisdiction is up 60% from a year ago. And I was there when there was bad fires, and Meg was there when they had these recent, the campfire. Yeah, the campfire. Um, So to lessen the threat posed by the brittle underbrush and those thick clumps of grass, landowners and the state are literally removing it bite by bite. They're using goats. Hungry animals are increasingly replacing hand crews, tractors, and mechanized weed mowers. No leaf blowers in the forest. Yay! Um, So so, uh, according to California Fire Captain Lucas Spellman, they do such a great job. It's a more eco-friendly kind of way to clean up vegetation, a lot less noise, and those goats allow you to get into areas where mechanized equipment has a hard time getting in. The targeted grazing also is seen as safer, particularly in high and dry, dry summer months. So there are so many reasons to love goats, and they're my eco-heroes. Again, there are so many eco-heroes, and doing what we do and what I've been doing for years, I have talked to so many inspiring people that are literally doing amazing things that are inspiring uh, change. But I'm going to claim my sister Lisa McWilliams as my eco-hero because, well, she's been doing it since the 70s. And she's kind of vigilant about and, and, and really always makes me feel bad because she literally has like no garbage. And she's so good at all the things that, that I try to do, but she really does it and walks the walk in a big way. And she's the one that inspired me to ultimately learn about and get eco-active as a younger woman because she's my big sister. I just admire the hell out of the way she walks her walk, which isn't always easy, and it's not always popular. She can be annoying when she, you know, when you have to faucet on too long, she runs over and slams it off. But she's right, right. and I, you know, and I'm learning, and she has helped me be more aware and conscious. And uh, anyway, so she, having been the one that originally inspired me, will be my kind of my top choice. Hey, Lisa. Yay, Green Diva Lisa. Green Diva Lisa. I also go with non-human eco-hero of plants and trees because plants, I have a thing with plants, even though I kill house plants from time to time. I just love plants. I talk to them. They grow happier that way. And I feel like they are taking, taking a lot of abuse pollution-wise and whatever, even inside my house, my house plants, I feel like they take a lot of grief for us. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like they're ta- they're filtering for us yeah. a lot of stuff. And so anyway, I say thank you. Yeah. I say thank you. I have plants for over 30 years that my brother Mitch gave me. and He's also an eco-hero because he, he showed me nature. You know, my mom, you know, also had did a lot of that, but my brother, um, uh, he... he uh, he was very instrumental in me pursuing, uh, getting out the eco message and showing me how to 
make make a photo that's going to bring that to life. You know, he mm. uh, he's a real excellent photographer, and he 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 showed me a lot on that. So I thank him. Thank you, guys. Thanks, thanks to all of you. And I just want to say right now, thank you to everyone who's listening, who's taking the time not just to listen to us, but taking the time to listen and learn in many ways about what's happening and becoming more aware and taking actions and remembering and changing our habits, remembering to bring those bags and to say no to the plastic straws and to politely ask your neighbors or your towns, please stop using Roundup. Please stop using poison. Mm -hmm. Please plant organic food. Ask your farmers, you know, whatever. Everybody who's doing that is making a difference, and I thank you. Right, and I want to thank my Green Diva sister, Meg. McWilliams for being an eco hero too. Oh no, oh, shucks. Yeah, shucks, because she's been working Duh. so hard for many years to get the message out of what we need to do to protect the environment and provide solutions to reduce greenhouse gases and and make the planet cleaner and greener. Uh, she inspires me, uh, our listeners, to be proactive uh, on the podcasts and blogs and articles and social media, and she's a She's a true steward of the blushing, earth. Blushing, blushing. But it's true because people have to get the message out. But I'm holding up the mirror. Okay. See the mirror because uh. you too have been and and both of us have been at this a long time. But Max is the salt of the earth and walks the walk and inspires me because she really gets fired up about these things and like we have to talk about this. Yeah, I get fired. We up. have to talk about this. <laughs> is that passion? It's good. It's the, really good. That that Margo passion. We uh, love we love our GD so, Max. We, so same so, thing. Gotcha. Mutual we get, admiration. We get, we're getting mushy, but it's right. it's true. I've done a lot of posts over the years. And most of what I really want to talk to people about on Earth Day is non-consumer oriented activities because I get pitched like hundreds of press releases on how about this eco-friendly product I'm like yeah you know what how about we 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 do fun stuff like go outside Mm -hmm. right take a walk (laughs) right so here's six ways to give back to mama earth this earth day and I'm just going to run through them quickly because we're running out of time already I know give the gift of water awareness and conservation. Water is quickly becoming a serious issue for those of us living here on Mama Earth. 1.2 billion people still lack access to clean water. There's a lot of crazy facts about water that I have here that I'm not going to get into because we don't have enough time, but I'm going to encourage you to become more aware of water and what you can do to help make sure that everybody has access to a clean glass of water because there's a lot of people that don't. So number two, give the gift of gratitude. Yes, hashtag thanks a GD million once again. But, you know, anytime, sit and quietly and literally make a gratitude list of all the amazing things Mama Earth does for us. Be aware of that and be grateful. Say thank you in your mind, in your heart, out loud. Hug a tree. I hug a tree you do. all the time. I know you do. And number three, the gift of less Stuff. Less stuff. Absolutely. (laughs) That's a big one. That's a big one. Um, We just really need to stop with all this consumer. We have to be more mindful about, do I really need that thing? Or can I fix the one I have? Or can I buy a used one that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just please. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Please. 
Number four, the gift of eating less meat. Now, I am not telling you to become a vegan or whatever. I'm just saying be aware that the meat, I'm just going to throw a couple stats here at you so that you can be aware that eating a little less meat can have an impact. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization estimates that the meat industry generates nearly one-fifth of the man-made greenhouse gas emissions that are accelerating climate change worldwide, far more than transportation. Okay, let that sink in. That's just meat production. And the methane that comes out of them. Yeah, the little farters. (laughs) Right, right. Um, (laughs) On average, about 40 calories of fossil fuel energy go into every calorie of feedlot beef, okay? Compared to, that's 40 calories for one calorie, 2.2 calories of fossil fuel energy is needed to produce one calorie of plant-based protein. So uh, it's it's a lot to kind of stick in your head, plus the water, the crazy amount of water used, uh, nearly half of all the water used in the United States goes towards raising animals for food. Wow. That's a lot of water. Wow. Okay, so, and the, these are statistics that primarily come from the UN. So just and one day a week, you know. Right. Go, go eat. Like meatless the, Monday. Know, just use Monday, you know, because mm-hmm. after the weekend you want to lighten up because you've probably mm-hmm. been eating out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so, so, number five, the gift of sustainable farm support. Support your local farmers. Absolutely. And really support the ones that are using sustainable practices that are keeping our waterways safe and the soil safe and... Well, our health, you know, come on. Number six, the gift of service. This Earth Day and pretty much every day, (laughs) consider Mm -hmm. how you can be of service to Mama Earth. Maybe walk in nature and ponder ways you can help minimize the negative impact we humans are having on our generous Mama. We have a couple of nice quotes for you, and I'm going to let Max go first. Thich Nhat Hanh is an inspiration to me. I've been reading uh, Pieces Every Step and, and his book, The World We Have. He, he's an echo, a definite eco-hero. And one of my favorite passages in the book, The World We Have, is this. We inter-are. As practitioners, we see that we are part of and not separate from the whole of human civilization, As human beings, we see that we are children of the earth and not separate from the soil, the forest, the rivers, and the sky. We share the same destiny. One of my eco-heroes, and as a writer, he really, really inspires me, is Wendell Berry. The care of the earth is our most ancient and most worthy And after all, our most pleasing responsibility to cherish what remains of it and to foster its renewal is our only hope. You've been listening to The 50 Shades of Green, a collaborative gig between the Green Divas and the Many Shades of Green radio shows, happily recorded at Green Diva Studio. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts and The Many Shades of Green on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, among other places. You can find more information about this show and much more on thegreendivas.com. 